six-pack double feature presents Pick Six, where the guys round out a top five list with one extra. Horror, sci-fi, crappy sequels, all the titles you know and love, plus beer. Tell us your picks, guys. Oftentimes when I was a kid, I'd be out. Well, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. I had uh, I had a dirt bike and a BB gun to keep myself entertained. What's a zip code in the middle of nowhere? What's a zip code? 47394. <laughs> and my parents would just kind of just say, Hey, have a good Saturday. See ya. See ya, buddy. Don't don't be home after dinner time. Have fun shooting birds. You'll be in trouble. Bullseye and womp rats with your T sixteen. Shout out womp womp rats. Were they about two meters? They weren't so, much bigger than three. <laughs> really? I think it's odd that the Star Wars universe worked off of the metric system. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think you think it's odd and I think it's odd because we're Americans and the rest <laughs> of the world and Clearly, the rest of the universe works off the metric system. Because you and I both hear womp rats are not much bigger than three meters. And we're both like, about three feet. <laughs> That's a big fucking rat. <laughs> you know what Luke didn't have? Parents. Good or bad parents. Well, he had... I guess well, he, he had, had biological parents. And he had guardians, Owen and Baru. But they clearly, they just cared about the farm. Clearly. The water farm. He didn't want to get mixed up in that whole... Fuck it. What a pair, what a pair of losers. Baru. I'm glad they burned to death. I am too. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're moisture farmers. Oh, cool. We're just set up shop. Uh, fucking Tatooine. <clears throat> cool. You set up shop to farm water. Where there isn't any. In a desert. Hey, gang. It's Pick 6. <laughs> I'm not Nathan. I'm not Travis. Today we're doing best slash worst slash worst movie parents. Yeah. I guess evidently. My slash comes into best or worst. Then the middle two are best or worst. You decide. I've got bad, bad, bad. You won the coin toss. As always, what is your number six? We're trying very hard to understand why it is that you insist on defying us. Whatever the reason, we're not going to let you ruin your life. Tomorrow I'm withdrawing you from Welton and enrolling you in Brayton Military School. You're going to Harvard, and you're going to be a doctor. But that's ten more years. Father, that's a lifetime! Don't stop it! Don't be so dramatic. You make it sound like a prison term. You don't understand, Neil. You have opportunities that I never even dreamt of, and I am not going to let you... I've got to tell you what I feel! Tell me what you feel! What is it? Is it more of this, this acting business? Because you can forget that. Dude, I haven't the slightest idea what that is. Is it... Okay. Dead Post Society? Good job! I I wasn't sure if you... It's red. Is that uh, Kurtwood Smith? Kurtwood Smith. It Mrs. Is, it, Northcutt showed that to us as part of our. Uh, um, I almost said seventeen, eleventh um, um, uh, grade English class. And then she got terminated soon afterwards because all the students ripped out the introduction to their books. Nope, she was <laughs> not that kind of teacher. She was quite opposite that kind of teacher. Uh, good movie. <clears throat> this is Mr. Perry. Um, he is the father of Clarence, um, Clarence Boddicker Jr. 
of Robert Sean Leonard's character. It, you have a straight-laced 1950s father who's very defiant plans. Uh, he's not defiant. I don't know Cons- how to read. Conservative. He has very definite plans yeah. for his son, Neil. And nothing is good enough for him. And when he tries to bend Neil one last time, pulling him out of Welton Academy and putting him into military school. Neil kills himself. Neil can no longer bend to his father's will and kills himself. Yeesh. Imagine, imagine that, the, that the only thing, the only way to escape your father is to end your life. I can't imagine the only way to escape anything is to kill myself. I've never been in that. I'm, I'm I'm grateful that I haven't either. Mm, I just I I can't imagine that the one person that's supposed to be in your corner never is yeah. is never is never there, and the only time that he shows remorse or any care for his son is after his son is dead. I just think that's part of the commentary of this movie is that is that that 1950s wow I'll get after it sort of mentality. Tough love bullshit doesn't fucking no. doesn't doesn't really work. No, it not, might not end as badly as that, but it's just it's not great. No, no, Mm-mm. it's not good times. No, so my number six uh, is under the worst category. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Is uh, Neil's dad from Dead Poet Society? Oh, it's so sad too, man. Oh, um, mine is a bad parent or bad. I guess they're bad well. parents, yeah. uh, and I can forgive him for leaving the kid home. When they go to Paris, but two years later, when they do it again, <laughs> and they leave him in a strange city, in a strange abandoned house. And then he runs into Trump. And he runs into Donald Trump, and Trump doesn't help him. Those of us here at Six Pack Double Feature endorse no candidate for any office ever, in any way, form, or fashion whatsoever. Paid for by friends of Six Pack Double Feature. Fucking McAllisters. Bad parents. what kind of idiots do you have working in this hotel the finest in new york (laughs) i've never seen the second one i've always seen really yeah it's worth one pass it might be on disney plus if it is i may give it a pass is it another like christmasy movie like the first one or no it's wintertime anyway yeah i saw it one time the first one is so fucking implausible but you give it a pass because it's a john hughes yeah fun end of the 80s kind of wacky movie the second one is completely off the rails implausible because they do the same thing again but he ends up like they're in a like a like a relative's house it's mm-hmm. being renovated in in new york and they all go off to europe or they scamper off somewhere and they leave somehow kevin behind again in new york city in this uh completely gutted about to be renovated house and then the criminals that have been put in jail for the crimes of the first movie somehow end up in new york, new york. Even though yeah. it's the Chicago area, yeah, okay. Mister Mrs. McAllister, uh, and they're just their their brazen negligence. <laughs> you'd think after the first time they would learn. Like you would think they'd have PTSD on where the fuck the kid is. All yeah. the kids probably. Oh my goodness, yes. But they 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 toddle off somewhere. They didn't have John Candy to anchor her back this time around. Oh, he was dead. So instead of John Candy, you get Donald Trump as a cameo. The McAllisters, bad parents. My number six. Your number five parents are. Uh, it is a father. Okay. It is Glenn Holland, 
played by Richard Dreyfuss in Mr. Holland's Opus. You've mentioned him a few times. I may have mentioned him not too long ago. We, I may have used it as a comparison. It's a good movie. It's a really enjoyable movie. But when you like really dial down onto everything, you realize how not great of a father he is. And he's basically a talented musician and composer who's failed at making a living. He falls back on his teaching degree. Yep. We discussed this before. But while he may have been one of the greatest teachers at John F. Kennedy, he was a horrible father. Once he discovers that his son is deaf, he emotionally disconnects from his family. And while he makes a change for the better, at the end of the film, it really doesn't forgive his past sins. Great movie, bad dad. Who directed it? I can't remember off the top of my head. Hmm. Um... But yeah, so is that a common theme with Richard Dreyfuss? Because he did the same thing in Close Encounters. Well, maybe I don't know. <laughs> Something greater than the 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 sum of humanity. I calls, should have thought about that. Is like, calling oh, to him, and he he ditches out potatoes. This means something. <laughs> this is important. Devil's potatoes. I've never seen Mr. Holland's Opus. I need to have a, a mashed potato brand. <laughs> Devil's Towers mashed potatoes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nathan for Devil's Tower brand mashed potatoes. Whenever I have a psychic vision, I carve all my psychic visions out in Devil's Tower mashed potatoes, fortified with vitamin C and potassium. Devil's Tower mashed potatoes, look for them in your instant food aisle. I ain't gonna get some Devil's Tower mashed potatoes. <laughs> mm. What the fuck were we even talking about? Devil's Tower mashed potatoes. <laughs> My favorite thing about the movie. Now with butter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so, Mr. Holland's anus was your... <laughs> yes, Glenn Holland's anus. He was a bad parent. He was a bad parent. My number five, Mr. and Mrs. Salt. From Willy Wonka. Oh, Veruca Salt's. Veruca Salt's awful... All of their parents were pretty... All of their um, Even yeah. Charlie's... Grandfather parents. or whatever, lazy shit. Get the fuck out of bed. You get all. Oh, there's there's I've gold. I've been in bed for so long I can't walk anymore. There's but now there's gold and chocolate in the mix, and all of a sudden you can get up and fucking tap dance a little jig around the fucking room to go get some free food. Tell me how you really feel. Lay about, piece of shit. Here's a nice piece of shit. Anyway, <laughs> at least at least they were working class layabouts, pieces of shit. Layabouts, pieces of shit. Layabout, pieces of shit. Either Lay way, piece of shit about so it, you don't step on them. <laughs> Any old way you cut it, the what? Just an awful, nasty little asshole child they've raised. Veruca Salt. She was not the golden egg, or the golden go or the golden goose. Ooh, what was that? All about? Ghost in the machine has knocked my uh, USB bag off the. I have a bag full of my See USB what happens drives. When you insult Veruca Salt. Evidently, the, ghost the band. Of, I mean, I don't want to get too Tony Robbins on it, but <laughs> that's, that's why you set boundaries with kids, you know. Sometimes you say no to the little motherfuckers, and then they don't get up. They don't end up getting eaten by uh, giant geese falling down factory chutes. Mm, yeah, she was a bad egg. <laughs> it would help. You, I, it would help if you laughed out loud. On uh, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> he laughs when I say this shit, you guys. He just <laughs> laughs just, a lot of the time. He laughs silently to himself. So it sounds like crickets, <laughs> and it's a dead joke when it's not. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, those are my. That's a quick number five. That's my number five, Mr. and Mrs. Salt for right. Salt's parents. I'll bet you have a clip. I don't, not yet. Oh I've, wow, holy shit! What's your number four? My number four. You ever seen this movie called Say Anything? Uh, Once isn't Frazier's dad in it? Yeah, Gene John Mahoney. John Mahoney. I fucking love him. 
Couldn't remember he, his name enough, evidently, but I love him. Yeah, I only have it written down in front of me, so that's the reason why I was able to say it off so quickly. Uh, his character's name is James Court. He is the father of Diane, and you think he's the most wonderful, supportive single dad who runs a nursing home, dedicating all of his life to those in need and his daughter until you discover at the end of the film that he's embezzled all of these people's money. <laughs> and who is, deep down inside, a person who would steal from the elderly because they don't know. He built his entire foundation with his daughter on a lie. We have a president like that. <laughs> Still not an endorsement. Paid for by friends of Six Pack Double Feature. He seems to be a really good dad, and then all of this just... I think the... Is he a good dad to her, but he's a bad he, person everywhere Yeah, else? but the problem is, is if he's a good dad to her, but a bad person everywhere else, then he's really, in, in many ways, not a great dad. Is he... Is he showing her that he's a bad person? Is he showing her what he's doing? Or is he being a bad person to be a good dad? Is he Batman? No. Okay. I've never seen Say this Anything. Is a, this is a questionable one. And okay. if you can't, if okay. you haven't seen the film, it's, I, it's easier to decide because initially I had him in the bad column and then it was like, mm. So he's good to his daughter. Correct. Does he? But everything that. He does to be good to his daughter is, is bad built for, on uh, him embezzling money from all of these elderly people in a nursing home. I get it. I, yeah, I get it's it. just he's torn, Georgie. It's drama. So there's just there's that dilemma of okay. So still, is he a good dad or is he shitty dad? Is he doing he the bad this? things to be a good dad or is he doing the bad things because he's always done the bad things and he just happens to be a dad and he continues to do the bad things. I'm asking. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm asking. You didn't you say that again because I was already confused. Okay. When... Did he start doing the bad things to give more advantages to his daughter to be a good dad? Probably. Or is he doing the bad things because he's always done the bad things? And he's I would guess that it's closer things. to the first than the second of what you're suggesting. Gotcha. So, I mean, at the end of the day, still a bad guy. Because yeah. Because you could teach your kid to work and yeah, grind but well, for because... what they want. Federal agents come to their residence and kind of start questioning her. And hey, do you have any? Uh, Who's any the girl? Large, um, Ioni Sky. Hmm. You've you she, may have seen her in a few things, but was she not in that season arc of Arrested Development where she played Anne's mom? Her? I, I think on my head. Yeah, I think she was. I think that was her. Anyway, my my questionable of whether or not they were really that great of a parent. I've never seen it. Tell James Court, okay. John Mahoney's editor, and say anything. Imagine two parents so wrapped up in their own yuppie bullshit, their own hubris, their own, I hesitate to say bad marriage, but their odd setup that they get out of the city. They're so wrapped up in their own bullshit, they don't realize that their daughter is suicidal when given a little push. <laughs> Do you know who I'm talking about? You're talking about... Um, they moved the whole family. Well, all three of them. They moved to New Hampshire? Winter, Winter River, Connecticut. Oh, Connecticut. They move into a house with a kitchen. That might be haunted. That might be haunted. So yeah. Catherine O'Hara is now listed on two parents. She, two plays, she plays a good, bad mom. Charles and Delia Dietz. Now, I know Delia is indeed Lydia's stepmother, but they're her parents... They're her, they're her legal most, guardians. Most, most of the time, legal guardians. I don't know whatever happened to her real mom or her birth mom. They don't really care about Lydia. 
Until, well, they care about Lydia when she has something to bring them, like a pair of fucking ghosts. Jesus Christ, not even a, hey, good job with the soccer team. Nothing like that. It's like, oh, you can bring us fucking ghosts. <laughs> she fucking, she breaks the bonds of all natural ability. The and mom is much worse than the dad, too. The stepmom, she's much the worse. The dad is worse, because at least you know where you stand with the mom. She's he, just, just, he, she, can't, he can't stand up to her. Yeah. Yeah. At least you know she's a vacuous twat. He's afraid of a vacuous twat. I mean, it's a good thing that by the end of the movie, she's actually in the custody of two ghosts instead of these two people. Mm-hmm. You like it. Charles and Lydia. Nope. Charles and Delia Dietz. Lydia's the daughter. Lydia's the daughter. Bad parents. It's my number four. Those, those were three bad parents, in my opinion. I think... I wonder if we'll cross streams on this or not. We could potentially cross streams on all three of my next three. There's only one. That You're going to like all three of them. But there's one. I'm going to be really pissed off if you pick yours before I get to my number one. Anyway. Well, what's your number three? I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Have Have you seen Taken? I haven't seen Taken. I know that line, but I haven't seen it. Oh, it just looked a little. Need, it looked a little too much for me. It's like, the first one's the only good one to really watch. It's it's, it's yeah. like eighty eight minutes. It's a good really? just good B Saturday solid night B action. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you'd really. I'll bring it the next time I'm over here. I think the you would enjoy that. Daughter is she's from Lost. Shannon, yeah, is it Shannon. She's from Lost. Shannon or Char- yeah, Shannon. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I put this in the questionable, although in all honesty, I would look at this one and go, absolutely, yes. That's a good Because any father, <laughs> any father who is willing to go to the ends of the earth, or more accurately, France, to rescue his daughter before she gets sold into, a, into slex, sex, slex slavery, slex slavery uh, is okay in my books. The moral question is, is it all right for Brian to lay waste to many sketchy and or dirty Eastern Europeans to save her? Well, the answer is a resounding Fuck yes. <laughs> so, Every American dad just said, fuck yeah, yeah. buddy. <laughs> Is it sort of it's, on the... I think the story was also um, La Femme Nikita and the professional uh, Leon. Um, yeah. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Luc he was, Besson? Yeah, Luc Besson. He was involved with, I think, writing and producing this picture. Okay. It's really good. It's got sort of a... It's really tight and just a great... You said 88 action. minutes. Yeah, it's wow. like... Yeah, it's short. That's it's quick. A, it's a good... Get in, get out, get your, you know. Does it take place in the course of one day? No. No. It's like there's a little bit of stuff that leads up to it. Once she gets abducted, he's got like maybe 48 hours to 72 hours before she'll probably disappear and he'll never be able to find her. And what is so his, he has to move his ass to get. What is his background? <sighs> maybe former CIA, former uh, military operations, military ops. Government guy. Yeah. Okay. What year was that? 20... 20... 2008. Fuck, really? Yes. That was a long-ass time ago. All right. We're, um, old. We're old now. We're yeah. old farts. 
We are all fart. My number three are a set of good parents. They are. A, why are you looking? I don't know. Guy? I'm just. <laughs> I'm afraid you're going to pick mine. They might be a little weird, a little left of center. It depends on how you look at it. Okay. They encourage their children. They encourage the growth of their children. They encourage their children's hobbies, their activities, and they bolster their self-esteem with positive reinforcement. They express affection toward each other and their children. They might just have a disembodied hand that runs around the house. And oh, I know. I just not <laughs> I didn't think They of. generally have fun. They're Gomez and Morticia Adams. They're a little morbid. <laughs> <laughs> They're a they're, little they're, macabre. They, on the outside, they look yes. a little weird, creepy, and kooky, mysterious, and spooky. But when you look at just the core values that they have, they're fucking... They're hippies, dude. The way they interact with themselves yeah, and their kids, I never they're thought about it like so that. loving. Like It's the, very late, mid to late 60s hippies kind of mentality. I never thought about it like that. Like they that never... Makes, that look, you look at the TV show differently now when you look at it like that, I guess. But even when they ways. scold the children, the children still learn an Andy Griffith style type lesson. <laughs> you know? Just because they eat bat of newt, or I'm sorry, testicle of newt, eye of bat, you know, for dinner and talk about dead relatives and play Wake the Dead and shit. <laughs> they encourage their kids to be in the theater. Sure, they encourage the kid to steal stop signs and shit, but it's all in good fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Adam's family, Morticia and Gomez. They're my number three. What's your number two? My number two is Arthur and Molly Weasley from the Harry Potter films. Nope, not, not I one of mine. I didn't think so, and I wrote down here specifically. It says, I know you're not familiar with much, if any, of the Harry Potter movies, but Arthur and Molly Weasley are probably one of, the, one of my favorite on-screen parents ever. They're just as great in the books as they are in the films. They're lovable, slightly overbearing, but in a good way. And completely accepting of Ron's friends, Ron Weasley's friends. They have seven kids. They're all gingers. (laughs) They don't have a lot of money. Not one soul among them. Yeah. All the kids uh, pretty much wear hand-me-downs, but the house is full of so much love that you never once doubt it in the eight movies that they're in. Same characters? Same two actresses? Yes. Actress for the whole eight movies? Yeah. I love that. Um, And... And Harry was raised by his aunt and uncle who treat him like shit, so it's always a treat when Harry gets to spend time over at the Weasleys because you know he's truly loved by that family. And that's what makes it special, other than you dropping all of your shit while I'm talking. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Multitasking ain't easy, but it's necessary. <laughs> Just because it broke your concentration. The Weasleys love Harry. The Weasleys love Harry. I finished my... What I wrote. I've, I've, I'm done. I don't... I know. You don't have familiarity with this I've series. never read one page of the books. I've never seen on purpose... Like, like I've never walked into a room when someone's watching a mm-hmm. Harry Potter movie. Uh, I've seen clips of it on... Anywhere. Right. Yeah. Uh, I have no knowledge, knowledge. of... I know they're, they're witches. You, you very much... Yeah, witches and wizards. What you... What you love about that family is how much they're accepting of bringing in Harry because Harry has such a horrible home life with being an orphan mm. and growing up with his aunt and uncle and his nephew. As a 40-year-old man, should I even try to watch the Harry Potter series? You might enjoy it, yeah, but I doubt you I will. I doubt I will. I'm not going to bring over the movies for you to try to watch because they'll dirty, broken for... and, I have a dirty, broken, and dark heart. It's probably not going to work. <laughs> but that's that's my choice is Arthur and Molly Weasley from the Harry Potter film franchise. I have a similar entry for my number two. Um, it takes a special 
special person, special special couple to adopt someone. Um, to adopt an immigrant child is even more so. To adopt an immigrant child from a planet that no longer exists, even more so. But then, you know, to place that child in the middle of fucking Kansas. <laughs> I know, you're just going to say... But I mean, Jonathan and Martha can't. uh, can't. (laughs) He landed in Kansas. They didn't choose that he landed in Kansas. He just landed in Kansas, and they they raised him as their own. And by God, they imbued in that little boy the core set of values. The core set of values from the core of this fucking country. Yeah, Ma and Pa Kent. Yeah, that's a good good parents from the farmlands of. I love John Glenn's performance as John as uh, John oh, it's, Kent. Yeah, it's honestly it's why I don't like Superman as much as I like Superman too because I just don't like to see him die. I get it. It's so fast. It happens so quickly, and it's just. Do you think Clark felt guilt because he kind of killed him trying to race him down the, down the driveway? No, he wasn't really. No, he was showboating. Clark was showboating a little bit. A little bit. He's just old. Had a bad ticker. He had a bum ticker. That's why you can't eat beef and fucking corn for every meal. Have you seen Red Sun? I just saw. Have I read? I've read Red Sun. Do you know it's a, it's a animated now? Yeah, I've still I've never watched it. I've just read the ser- the three part series. It's uh, so Red Sun. If you guys don't know what Red Sun is, it's uh, it's hey, what if Superman landed in Mother Russia? <laughs> Rather than the United States and Father America, Uncle yeah. Sam, um, I uh, just saw it at Best Buy the other day. I was trying to get my computer fixed. It's a Blu-ray thing, so I'm gonna try to find it on Amazon and watch that. But I've been intrigued about it since I learned about it. Uh, yeah, and it's a big mind f at the end. My fuck at the end. It's good. It's a good one. But you're like, whoa. My- is it a long series or is it? No, like- it was like a three issue, like 150 pages. So it just so it, about an hour and a half. Yeah, that would be my guess. Okay. Yeah, that's my number two. Clark's parents from Smallville. Hey, could you be more on the, on the nose, nose with the title of your town? <laughs> nope. We think we're we're pretty good. Well, they could have been. It could have been Winchester, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> We might still cross on this one. What's your number one? Here you go. Thank you, dear. Ooh. Mmm. Turkish coffee. Delicious. See? Is Val still asleep? Mm-hmm. He must be exhausted. Poor baby. You should have told me he was coming. I'm so ashamed of the way I acted last night. But how could I know? The truth is, you can't stand sharing your son with me. You're always pushing me away. Oh, will you look at this shirt? It's a rag. No matter how many shirts I send that boy, he only wears this one. You look awful. What's wrong? I was getting married. Don't be silly. I got a pork roast for dinner. I wanted to get filet mignons, but they're so expensive. Married? What do you mean married? You know what I mean. I don't understand. Yes, you do. No. Some girl he met at school. Oh, no. But he's just a baby. He's too young. He'll ruin his life. Listen, we've been through all that, all right? Bottom line is he's getting married no matter what we say, so the less said, the better. Oh, my God. Oh, I woke up feeling so good. Now, all of a sudden, I feel 
<laughs> so funny. Just breathe. Let it go. Breathe. Oh, you've heard. Oh, Valley. Oh, my God. This is such a shock. I'm not saying anything. I promised your father. Mm -mm. But you're only 20, and if you throw yourself away on some dormitory slut, you'll be sorry for the rest of your life. There, enough said. That's all. No more. Subject closed. Hey, hey, hey. Well, don't just stand there. Give me a kiss. Are you too grown up for that now? Hello, Albie. Oh. Armand, our baby is going to leave us. And we won't have any others. Not without a miracle. Hey-oh! <laughs> oh, I man. chose Armand and Albert Goldman from The Birdcage. Is it Goldman or Coldman? <laughs> I'm not. That. I don't. I'm not sure. I understand. <laughs> Goldman. Coldman. Coldman. Ah, here in the states, it's the wretched. Uh, yeah. Goldman, but in the Isle of Codilimo. Uh, I just wrote down here. I'm like any parent that is willing to completely change their appearances and temporarily temporarily hide their true selves for their son, as to not make things awkward. Get a pass in my book. They've. They are even willing to bring back Val's biological mother into the mix for dinner. But it shows just how much they love their son and how much they're willing to sacrifice to make him happy, even if it all blows up in their face. Because I, I hate Val I watching this. fucking hate Val. I hate Val watching this movie. And it's only at the end when he realizes how much of a selfish prick he's being about yeah. all of this. Yeah. Have you seen the, uh, the French original, Makaja mm. Fall? No. I haven't either. For, uh, we watched it. I don't know, maybe three months ago, and th I think this was the time where I was we were, rare we were occasion. At least I looked at Lisa and I went. I think I may say this every time we watch this, but I look over. I'm like, I hate Val. No, I'm. I'm just saying. I think. <sighs> I think this would be the rare occasion where the American remake would be better than. The, oh yeah. At least in in my estimation, that's probably sort of short sighted, but just the way Robin Williams and and Nathan Lane play it. Like their it's chemistry, just, their chemistry is so spot on. It's so old, fucking married couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's not not without a miracle. <laughs> he just pulls those lines. Up. He's there's very few that would have been been able to pull that role off right without the straight gay without guy? making fun of it. You know, you without making Robin, it a joke. Robin Williams, yeah. a straight gay guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not the straight gay guy, but he's a gay he's guy that's a straight, straight man. man. Yeah. In, the, in the comedian terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the comedic... The straight gay guy. Universe. We coined yeah, it. We coined, we coined yeah. it here. <laughs> no, Hashtag I agree. It's, it's a... It's um, It's not a devil-may-care attitude that he has. It's it's more of a... Oh, fuck. What next? Sort of attitude. Yeah. It's more of a Nick Nolte in 48 Hours attitude than it is... Yeah. <laughs> anything else. But he's trying to. It's, a good farce should entertain you and piss you off at the same time, and that's what this does. <laughs> Fuck, does it do this in spades, man? I love this movie. Oh, that's a great fucking pick, dude. Um, you haven't beat my number. Well, you, you, you. That's a that's a good that's a good <laughs> defeat for my number one. Um, What's your number one? I don't want to talk about them yet. I still want to talk about the Goldmans. Oh, okay, <laughs> or is it Coldmans? The Cold. Well, Coleman. The Isle of Codilimon uh, in Greece, where <laughs> the fuck is his name? <laughs> I just love how they have to remove Armand all is... of the fertility art that all have penises <laughs> and erect. 
penises and stuff on it. Some uh, some things, you st- even in a movie about this, you wouldn't get by today would be Hank Azaria playing Agador Spartacus. Probably not. I don't wear the shoes because they make me fall down. down. <laughs> but wait, there's dreams. <laughs> Such a fucking great character. That's another good Gene Hackman trying to just... It's uh, another Robin Williams movie that yeah, you picked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. One of my favorite scenes in that movie is when they first get there and there's that awkward in-law chitter-chatter of the driving down through Pennsylvania and seeing the foliage. We decided to drive down to see the seasons change. Mm. It was a long trip, though. Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia. But it's just so magical to me to come from the north where it's cold to the south where it's warm. (laughs) See the tremendous differences from region to region in this incredible country of ours. Mm. My wife and I used to uh, go down to Virginia every autumn to see the foliage turn. Virginia has amazing foliage. Purple Mountains. Talk about Purple Mountains, Majesty, the <laughs> elm, oak, apple tree. <laughs> that whole bullshit. Like, what a political, what a political, what a political fucking yeah bullshit answer he gave. He's so good in that. Meet me in the alley in five minutes. Not in your was it not in your wildest dreams? Not in a million. Honey, years. not for not in a million years, years. or something like that. <laughs> His driver. But I like what yeah. I liked about that movie was even kind of the character turn that. Uh, Diane Weist and, and Gene Hackman's yes. character had as like if you guys are a little bit younger in the 90s it was a little bit more okay to be conservative politically <laughs> in this country and you could you could soften on things like gay marriage it wasn't a, that was the biggest deal back then um, but I'm with you I always fucking hated Val for asking his parents to be somebody other than they were mm-hmm the Armands, the Coldmans, the Coldmans, the Goldmans in the birdcage. It's your number one. That's my number one. My number one, Chet and Connie Ripley, the great outdoors. That's a good set of parents. That's I a- never even came across that one. Oh, yeah. Take your. I love how they still have fire in their like passion, like love that's there, even though their kids are there and they want to fool around sure. sometimes too. It's yeah. just. Did your parents not do that? No, my parents did that as well, but it wasn't as obvious. But it was just fun to see that that was still there. The fire and the flame and the passion was still in their relationship. Yeah. It wasn't. It was a little more, a little more subdued because they were older. They had kids. There was yes. family around. But no, they like. Yeah. The, Chet and Connie Ripley are great fucking parents because it's like you said, there's there's still that stupid young love for each other. Mm-hmm. We're going to go back to where we had our honeymoon. Remember when we did the thing out behind the cabin? Kind of, yeah. We took the took the boat out after we were, we'd been drinking, took the boat out, so tend to take the boat out. But we got the kids here. But we're also trying to make memories with the kids. And the one kid's a little bit older. He's going to go to college in a, probably a year or two. And we got the younger kid. Looks like Fred Savage. He does look like Fred Savage. <laughs> a dime store Fred Savage. Neither of them really want to be here, but, but they lo- but they don't hate their parents. There's not that. There's not that uh, teenage disdain for their parents. Like the kids still respect yeah, their parents. Correct. It's John Hughes world, which doesn't exist when you're that age. You fucking hate your parents. Most people hate their parents when they're that when they're that age. And then Uncle Roman shows up with the fucking the devil we- twins, the Weasley twins. <laughs> 
And they, 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 they're they, more they, like the twins. They, they from, yell uh, down the hole. And I'm even going to tell you what the older kids do up there. They're just lovable. Set off fireworks, right? One of my That's favorite. It? One of my favorite lines. I think it's. I think it's from Great Outdoors. I always get them confused. The guy that gets struck by lightning. No, no, it's six, 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 six times. Sixty-six times. But it's. I think it's after Roman pisses him off the first time. Chet's trying to play it off like he's really pissed, and she starts tickling him. Uh huh. And she's like. No, come on. He's like, no, <laughs> stop it. No, <laughs> come on. Now, hey, stop it. I'm mad. I'm pissed. Yes, that's from that. <laughs> One of my favorite lines in that movie is when uh, John Candy flips his shit on um, uh, Aykroyd's character. And then the wife, he and the wife are talking later. Connie. So Chet? He, yeah, Chet and Connie are talking later. And she goes, you're a kind man. You're a, you're a good man. You're a decent man. I always forget it's Annette Benning is the... Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Find yourself a spin cycle. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Great outdoors. Chet and Connie Ripley. <laughs> Would I, you? I mean, okay. Everything aside. Would you eat an old 96? Fuck yes. <laughs> Bones, gristle and all. <laughs> all that's left on there is fat and gristle. You ain't done yet. <laughs> that's a, that is a line that gets referenced in the house more than I would have initially thought is something along the lines of, he ain't done yet. <laughs> There ain't nothing on this plate. There's nothing on this plate. There's nothing left on that plate but gristle and bone. It's digesting nicely. Fuck. Oh, look at the size of those maggots. <laughs> <laughs> the garbage. That, that, and I also love the subtitles of the raccoons. Raccoons. The raccoons yeah, okay. is the best. All right, man. Chet and Connie Ripley. That's my number one. Great outdoors. Good movie. It's Thanks. a fun movie, man. It's a fun movie. With, this, with the uh, pick six gangs, we uh, pick sixes, rather, gang. I can't get him to close off. In the- <laughs> no, it's, you got you to taper down. You got to taper down. You don't Sometimes just go, you, you just, just got to end it. You don't just go, hey, Chet and Connie Ripley. All right, see you next week. <laughs> six spectacle features of Clipback Media Production. You got to, you got to, you, you twist it. You twist it. You, you got to taper it. You step down. <laughs> With the pick sixes, gang, we we mix them up and around. With the with the main season episodes, they we, go in order. They got it. We we have those kind of in order because they're longer and harder to record and harder for me to edit. Fuck, gang. Whatever year you're hearing this in, I hope it's better than 2020. <laughs> and I, I hope you're a better you than you were today, and hope you're a better you than you were an hour ago. And I hope of above nothing else. I hope you stay off the Mars. Pick Six is a Clopec Media production. Like and follow them at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or buy a t shirt and sticker at sixpackdoublefeaturepodcast.com. And wherever you pick six, pick six responsibly. Nobody knocks off an old man in my neighborhood and gets away with it. <laughs>